0: good morning it's melissa and i'm the founder of a yogi kitchen and pantry welcome this is off the mat so when i started this podcast it was talking a lot about the lessons that we learn on the mat in our asana practice and how they translate into life off the mat and it's since as everything does It's shifted, and it's evolved, and it's morphed. So we're talking most recently more about the practices that have always been off the mat, that originate off the mat. Um, Practices like seva, which is part of our karma yoga, um, is selfless service. Ahimsa, which is one of the yamas, um, which is about nonviolence and compassion for all beings. and this month this well not month this last session which i think has been about 5 to 6 weeks and this is sort of the last couple days of it we are we have been focusing on non-judgment and so today i just kind of wanted to share some ideas about non-judgment things that i've noticed over this last session about my experiences with focusing on non-judgment and i love to hear when you guys share your experiences so um there's a couple ways you can do that and i love your feedback some of you see me in person on a weekly basis when you come to either my zoom classes or my in-person yoga classes we'll talk a little bit about those in a moment so if you're seeing me in person feel free to like you know pull me aside and say hey this is what i've been thinking about with non-judgment even better, like I love the in-person contact, that face-to-face connection, but even better is send me an email, mel at a yogikitchen.com, because then I have it to look at and process, and maybe even that sparks some thoughts with me that I can share with you. Um, and before and after class is beautiful and awesome. It's not the same amount of time to process and time to interact. You can also just shoot me a text, 785 760 5412. So I invite you to take a moment and pause me right now. And before we go on, just get quiet. Take a moment to listen to who you are physically, emotionally, and mentally. And that's the order that I like to do it in. And I don't know that I've ever said it here, but I tell my students. If I don't start with who I am physically, my whatever it is, my aching neck, my, you know, twinge in my knee just keeps poking me and saying, hey, pay attention to me. So for me personally, if I listen to my body first, then my body says, okay, now I've been heard and I can listen to my heart space and I can feel what's happening emotionally in this moment. And then once I've done that, I can listen to my brain. and surprisingly. My brain lets me do it that way. Um, A lot of other things that happen in my life, my brain and how my thoughts can be really quickly moving through, won't let me focus on what I want to focus on. And then once I pay attention to my brain and say, hey, what's going on? Why are you like, you know, tapping me on the shoulder and want me to pay attention, once I do that, then I can focus on other things. So it's very surprising to me that my brain lets me do physical first, emotional second, and then lets me do that last. And maybe it's just because this is the habit that I've had for At least a decade. I'm trying to remember when I really started teaching people about check-ins, and I think it's been like more like 15 years I've been doing it this way. I'm just noticing who you are physically, emotionally, and mentally. And then for me, I do that check-in several times a day. Sometimes it's just a red light. Like, okay, what's going on? How are you feeling? Um yesterday I was busy all day long and when I said you have to sit down and take a sip of water and just relax for a moment that was when I said okay how are you feeling physically emotionally mentally mind body spirit um okay so take a moment pause do that and then we'll talk about non judgment my point though was just it's it's always happening for us we're always learning and growing And we have things that come up. And I am thinking about the trajectory for me in my life of when I've been in big growth spurts. And it's always when you get incredibly uncomfortable when things fall apart. That's when you're you're in that discomfort. That's when you're growing and learning. And so for me, what's happened is it's taken me to therapy. And I think about the different times in my life where I've chosen to go to therapy and how I would work on something in my 20s. And then, like, I'm thinking specifically, I was probably doing some work in my late 20s. And then, like, mid to late 30s, went back to therapy and was like, oh, it's this freaking concept again. Like, how am I not getting it? And somewhere in there, late 30s, early 40s, I realized it's not that I'm not getting it. It's that it shifts and changes. So this area, so for me, I I grew up in a violent household. Um, I had a pretty traumatic childhood. And so my trauma stuff has shifted over the years. It came up for me in a certain way in my 20s and then a different way in my 30s. And even now I've gone back to therapy in the last, I think I've been doing it about a year and a half now. Um, And I'm doing some really, I'm putting in some big hours right now um, because it's manifested or showing up in my life in a really different way now in my 50s. And so um, I knew going back to my original point, is I knew that we, we're we not going to tackle this and it's done. This is your your yogic introduction to the idea of non-judgment. It may come up for you again in a different way. It may just be straight up something you deal with with your therapist. Um, it may be something that you decide to um, focus on non-judgment but use a very different modality. And uh, this this is always just going to be a one, you know, a, a, a six-week, like, little dip into thinking about it. Um, so I've been getting some really great feedback from you guys, and I just wanted to share, um, well, first I wanted to share a story that I thought I heard, two stories, that I heard in a really different way now than I would have six weeks ago. So I was just listening to the Marie Forleo podcast and she is someone, she's a heart-centered business owner who coaches other business owners. And um, so she, her language is very similar to mine. Um, she doesn't talk a lot about yoga, but she's got some yoga under her belt. She also um, was a dancer, a professional dancer. So she thinks about the body a lot and how things process through our movement as well as our brains and our hearts in the same way that I do. In a similar way, at least. And I was listening to her. She was interviewing um, Seth Godin and was talking about when things, when we fail and how we deal with failure. And he said, you know, and this falls right into non-judgment. He said, you know, when you play Monopoly, and the story is a lot longer than this, but when you play Monopoly, he's like, most of us, once we're past like four or five, we don't get upset. We don't do so well in Monopoly because we don't take it personally. We understand that, you know, we didn't get the dice rolls that we needed. We landed on Park Place when we were broke. You know, all these things happened that created the situation where we didn't win the game. And we don't flip the board. We don't go running out of the room crying, again, if you're over four. And he's like, you just you sort of accept it. Like, ah, oh, that's the way it went this time. Next time it'll be different. And you know that. You know that when you put away the Monopoly board, Maybe I'll win next time, or I'm going to try harder to win next time. And he's like, that's how failure is in life. He's like, there's so many things that sometimes the dice roll just doesn't happen the way that you need it to. Sometimes you land on Park Place when you're broke. And I just thought, oh, man, if I had heard that six weeks ago, it would have been not completely different, but it would have been a different message to me. And because I've listened to it with this focus of non-judgment, I'm like, oh, wow. That's even bigger than I first, when I first heard it, than I first realized. Um, And so I just, I want to put that there for you and think about that one. And then the other one is, this is still Marie, uh, uh, Marie Forleo was, she interviewed Bryce Howard, the uh, actress about failure. And she has this really great story and it's completely worth listening to. If you ever get to the Marie Forleo podcast, about being a working actor and i didn't know this but uh she comes from a family of working actors her grandma was a working actor who told her guess how many times a working actor has to audition before they get a part and she's somewhat young and just starting out and she's like i don't know like 10 you get one job out of every 10 auditions and her grandma goes no at 64. And she said it shifted her her mindset and right now thinking about that and what it means for, you know, someone like me, not, not someone who's in such a, I don't know what the word is, precarious um, job or career. Uh, and these are actors also, I'm sorry, I'm kind of flipping around in my head right now, but these are actors who have their SAG cards who are, SAG cards who are making their living from acting have to audition 64 times before they get one job. And this is not just like, I mean, the Brad Pitt's of the world are somewhat rare. I mean, of the people that you see on the screens and can name, of of all actors, they're a very small percentage. There are like tons of actors that you maybe see once in a while Um, consistently and you may like, oh, I remember that guy from those are, even those are a small percentage. There's so many actors that you could never name that make their living from acting, whether it's on the screen, it's on the stage, um, doing commercial work, like doing voiceover work. Like there's so many people in the acting business that are in the, I guess acting business is fine. Um, that you just don't know. So maybe the Brad Pitt's of the world don't have to go to 64 interviews, but he probably has to do more interviews than, or interviews, auditions than people think. Um, But anyway, so if you think about it that way, that everything that you're going to do, whether it's planting your garden, um, getting to the grocery store with your entire list taken care of, going to job interviews, trying to create your own business, there are a number, maybe not 64, Um, But there's quite a few fails that have to happen for that thing that you really want to have happen to be successful, if that makes sense. And so that like that to me shifts our judgment is it's kind of a numbers game. So when I get up and I post, whether it's the blog or I'm on Twitter or Instagram, and then I see, oh, there's like two likes for this post you gotta have those posts that there's, and I'm not sure that I actually have two, but there's a lot that I think this is a great post, and then I get like six likes. And what I found is likes are not um, are not an indication of who's seen my my posts. And so holding on to those numbers is not like huge. It's not really important, but you have to have a certain number of posts that don't hit so well till you get the one that hits really, really well. And so what you look at, for me at least, is I look at the insights. How many people actually saw, how many people didn't like it, but then did go and click. And that's very interesting to me. So what we think it looks like is not always what it is. And then also, there's just going to be a certain number of failures before you get something right. And, that, and, that, and right isn't the correct word. Before you get the outcome that you want. So if it's, you know, job interviews, getting a job, if you are perhaps in banking, it's not as many as 64. You don't need 64 rejections before you find a job. Um, And there's so many different factors for all of it. It's not about always your performance. It's just how life stacks up. And so that was very interesting to me about how shifting how we think about success and failure and that judgment that we have around it. Um, that everything that I think, every way that I judge success and failure, when I look at those two stories, I'm like, oh, I have some really skewed, as I think we all do, I have some really skewed thinking about success and failure and how it all works. Right? So I wanted to share those stories with you and, um, maybe a little bit more insight about what. I've been learning about non-judgment and it falls along these lines. It was just, I heard Marie Forleo and that really kind of kicked it home where I heard these two stories that I would have heard really differently a few weeks ago, but with these non-judgment glasses on, or just not even my non-judgment glasses, but just recognizing that I'm focusing on non-judgment, really shifted how I think about things. Okay, so... Non judgment has been a very interesting journey. This is, there was no way in my head that I thought we're going to focus on non judgment for whatever it is. I think I thought it was going to be four to five weeks. I think it's been closer to six. There's no way that we're just going to, you know, meditate on it, journal about it, breathe into it, and then all of a sudden have it be this thing that is over like we're done we're not non-judgmental i mean we're not judgmental anymore we're completely sinking into non-judgment i knew that this is big work it's lifelong work that we were just going to start chipping away at and maybe you've done some of your work in the past and you're coming back to working on non-judgment maybe this is the first time you've ever done it maybe you never even thought about judgment before that this is a new concept for you about how to sit in the non-judgment And um, wherever you are, I hope this has felt productive. It's felt good for you, which is a judgment all by itself. But I hope you're not feeling frustrated. And if you are, that is okay. But my intention was just to sort of introduce this concept. And so if you're listening to the podcast or reading the blog, you're getting some stuff about non-judgment. We're talking about it a lot in the classes. We're sinking into it. We're doing our check-ins around non-judgment. We're doing our meditation around non-judgment. Our breath work around non-judgment. In the middle of class sometimes, as you're in poses, or I can hear that your heart rate's starting to um, speed up and the breathing is starting to get more measured because it's starting to feel a little labored, I'll throw it in there. I'll say, let's pause for a moment and sink into non-judgment or just sink into a moment of awareness about how you're judging yourself, what's happening with your self-talk right now. So that was always my intention. I am sort of floored by all of you and how much you're doing this work. It's been really gratifying to get your feedback. And every time I get feedback from you guys, I learn so much. My teacher says this, and I have said it throughout my teaching career, is I get as much as I give. So whatever I teach you guys, I'm getting that like tenfold for myself. Whether it's because I'm saying things that I need to hear or because I'm having conversations with you and getting feedback from you guys, that's really sparking some thought process for me. So I'm, I'm so grateful for when you all share um, and I'm so grateful for those of you who are willing to be on this journey with me and do some of this big work. And I I am a really big believer. I don't even, I don't even, it's a fact to me. Like it's not a belief, it's a fact that we are always growing and changing and shifting. And it's our choice how we get to grow and shift and change. I have someone I'm fairly close to who is not a big Fan of changing and shifting and growing. It's sort of like, I'm this age, I'm grown, there's no more growing to do. And I, I think the exact opposite. I think we are growing and learning till our dying day. I think whenever we get to that last um, part of our lives where we know it's going to end soon, there must be incredibly huge growth that happens. Ways of looking at the world that you, are, you just cannot look at unless you are dying. Um, So I think growth happens until your last breath, literally. Um, And this person that I've known has been through, that I know and I'm close to, has been through a lot of crap in the last few years, just a lot of big things happening. And so I said recently, I said, you know, you've grown a lot and you've changed a lot. The only difference between you and me is I choose to be intentional about my growth and change. So I'm choosing how I want to grow and change. You're just sort of letting things come at you and adjusting to it and learning lessons from whatever comes flying at you, which, again, there's no real right or wrong way to do anything in this world. There's no wrong way to do that. That, to me, is way more uncomfortable than choosing change and growth. I would rather choose what I want to focus on um, than have it thrown at me. So... Um, again, like I said, there's no there's no judgment about any of this, um, but it's it's so interesting to look around and see all of the ways that some of us resist. Our our learning experiences are our, our walking along this journey in the path and some of us sort of embrace it um, and just noticing who you are. So I I got a little off track there. <laughs> One of the things that I've noticed over the last few weeks is I was judging my judgment and recognizing that it's not, um, there's a couple things, it's not as bad as I would have told you if I had not been focusing on non-judgment, if someone just brought it up out of the blue and said, hey, how's your self-talk? I would have said, oh, it's not very good. I beat myself up a lot. I am really hard on myself. And what I've recognized is um, that's not completely true. And maybe right now I'm wrong. Maybe I wouldn't have said that like a year ago out of the blue. But what I've recognized about myself is that my self-talk, my negative self-talk, tends to be very in the moment. So it's... Stubbing my toe. Oh, damn it, Melissa, that really hurts. Why weren't you being more careful? Why didn't you pay more attention? I don't tend to have the self talk where, like, oh, yeah, of course you failed again. Because you know what? This is just like what happened 10 years ago. This is why you couldn't keep that boyfriend. This is why, you know, you had to ask your mom for money. This is why you. I don't do that for the most part. I, everyone has their really bad days, and perhaps in a really bad day, or, you know, period. I I might have some of that, but I don't know that I would call it negative self-talk. It might be more like reflection. Like, hey, here you are again at this place where you're not feeling so hot about yourself. You're feeling like you're failing. And what is it that keeps happening that makes you feel this? Because we can look back at my life and say, oh, remember 10 years ago? When you were feeling this way, like what's going on that's the same thing. So I think more like more processing and working than actual negative self-talk. So I was a little surprised by all of that. Um, And I also recognize one of the things that's come up a lot over the last six weeks, as I've been thinking about non-judgment, is I've been saying out loud a lot, you know what, none of my business and recognizing when it really isn't my place to judge someone else. Um it's never my place to judge someone else, but when um you know it really isn't my place, when I really need to step out, it makes it really affects my life not one iota. I just need to like let it go and not worry about what other people are doing or thinking, whether it's about me or not. What other people think about me is none of my business. And that I learned that phrase um Oh, it's probably been, oh, I know exactly when I learned it, uh, about 15, 16 years ago. Um, that was really freeing to me, because it really isn't. Because what other people think about me has nothing to do with me. That's about them. And so getting tied up, and whether someone else thinks I'm too loud, too fat, too tall, too short, too... I can't do anything about that, right? That's them. Like, someone thinks I'm too tall? And it's so easy when we say it in those very um, straightforward ways. Tall, right? But maybe it's you know something a little different. Melissa's too critical. Melissa's too forgiving. Melissa's too When an area that there's so much more um, gray. I guess is what I want to say. It's more gray in there. It's it's harder to see that that's none of my business that they think about that about me. But if they're if it's so black and white where Melissa's too tall. Well, okay, I'm sorry. I can't do anything about that. I'm just the height that I am, and literally I cannot change it. I can, you know, what, wear heels? Like, I, you know, there's just nothing to do. And so, okay, they can think that. None of my business, why they think that, what's going on, it doesn't matter. Um, and so in a, in a lot of ways, focusing on non judgment has been very freeing for me over these last six weeks where I recognize where things are really none of my business. So, one, I don't have to give things energy. That I was giving energy to before, and I have a great example of this. Is um, I do a lot of um, volunteering. I do a lot of service work. Seva, which is the the concept, the karmic yoga concept of selfless service, is really big for me. Uh, the last year, it's been something I've really focused on, and means a lot to me, and has shifted and changed me in amazing, immeasurable ways. So I was somewhere where I was doing some volunteer work and it was, there was an event and it was loud and there's a lot going on. And someone that I know from the community who's not the easiest person for me, at least was there and was standing in the middle of some, it wasn't really chaos, but there's a lot going on with hands over their ears. And someone said, Hey, can I help get you this? And the person wasn't loud, And wasn't aggressive, but obviously upset. Was like, I can't deal when everyone... I don't know if they said the word deal, but I can't deal when everyone is talking at the same time. And there's two things about this. So this person is difficult often, has a lot of complaints, and is often really, really negative. And so when I see this person... For me personally, um, negative people are some of the hardest people for me to deal with. Um, I, I it's just really people who just see the bleaker parts of life constantly. It it I have a physical reaction when there's a person in my life that I love to death who can be kind of negative, and I have a physical reaction when it's a person like this community member that I don't know all that well. It doesn't. It doesn't bring it up for me like that, but I do have sort of it's not a, it's not a judgment. It's just I have a reaction. I, it's a physical reaction that I don't control. But anyway, so I recognized that this is none of my business. Even as a volunteer with someone else, I might have gone over and said, "Hey, you know what? Can I? Can we go over to this quiet corner? And can I, you know, help you do this? Or do you want to walk out of this room where it's not so?" loud and I can bring you, you know, the items that we're, we're offering. And, um, I recognize that, you know, this isn't my business, that that's a kind thing to do, but specifically for this person, it's not going to work. And there is nothing that I could do that was going to make this person. Okay. This person was just going to take this and it was, I'm just going to run with it. And, um, I was able to step back and be like, they're an adult and if they know that the situation is tough for them, they have the option of not coming. Or of saying, you know, all the things that we do to take care of our mental health and say, this is going to be hard for me, so I'm going to, like, put on my armor, I'm going to be super hydrated, I'm going to be well rested, I'm going to do whatever, I'm going to make a plan, I'm going to go in for three minutes and leave because I know it's going to be overwhelming. Instead of having this idea that I'm going to go there, I'm going to be at this event for a long period of time, and everyone else around me needs to change so that I can be here. And I just, I don't know how... I can explain the feeling to me of freedom. that I was like, one, Melissa, you don't have to take care of this. You don't have to be the person that makes this better for other people. And so that was um, good for me. And also good to be able to let someone else just be them. And I don't have to fix it for them. And so that's a little bit of it's it's how... Non-judgment went a little different way for me because often I think when we hear non-judgment, we think you're walking around looking at everything and saying, oh, that's good, that's bad, that's good, that's bad. This was a deeper level of non-judgment that a couple of weeks ago, I would have made the situation better. I absolutely would have made the situation better and walked away feeling really good about myself for it. And this time, I let it go and really just stayed out of it. I observed it. And I was like, I don't have to get involved in that. And I was like, wow, I think that might be growth. That might be like a big thing. And then when I talked to someone else who's a longtime volunteer, I said, you know, here's the thing is there was nothing I was ever going to be able to do to make them happy. They were going to be unhappy no matter what. And so I just decided to step away. And they were like, yep, I think that's that's perfectly fine. And really having it not be about my my difficulty with this person. Not saying, oh, you know what? I do not feel like dealing with them today. I'm just going to let them take care of it. I guess maybe that's where the non-judgment was. Instead of doing that or being like, I have to fix it, just like I'm stepping away. None of my business. So that's sort of the big thing that I've noticed a lot this last few weeks is none of my business. So even like when my partner is struggling and I want some conversation and that communication can be very difficult for my partner, Um. I step away and I say, okay, none of my business. I, you know, I can't make someone communicate with me. I can't fix this situation, nor should I try. That's the big part for me. I should stop trying. Um, A lot of times, though, my communication needs are because I want to feel like things are okay. Like I need to understand, assess the situation for my own mental health. Not necessarily to fix the other person, um, but just so I understand what's happening. And I don't always get that. And I've recognized that that can be okay, too. That can be that place in the middle where it's not good or it's bad. There's good stuff and there's bad stuff. And honestly, the more I've been stepping away and sort of detaching with love and saying, okay, this isn't good or bad. It's just the way that it is. It is what's true in this moment. There's a lot of freedom in that that I've really been enjoying. Um, so I'm I'm learning to detach, and a real quick story I just um, remembered from a few weeks ago is recently, and I invite you to join us if you'd like to. Recently on Thursdays, a lot of the Sunrise Project volunteers and sometimes our director, um, we've been getting together in Lawrence, Kansas at the ECM. It's not the, it's ECM at KU, which is 1204 Oriad. I volunteer there. I teach um, uh, community yoga on Mondays at four and I also help cook their weekly meal and um, they do a free veggie lunch. It's always vegan free veggie lunch at from 12 no from 1130 to 130 on Thursdays. So we're going to meet there today. If you'd like to join us, feel free. Um, Recently we were there and one of our, One of our volunteers is a KU student, and not everyone who uses ECM or comes to this lunch or any event at ECM is a KU person. Uh, ECM is not affiliated with KU, but it is right on campus, so it's ECM at KU. Um, But they're a nonprofit organization dedicated to peace and justice. And one of the younger people was talking about what a tough time her mom was having with turning 50. And I was the oldest person at the table, I think. Well, my partner's older, but the oldest woman at the table. And um, I said, oh, why? She's like, I don't know. She just doesn't want to celebrate. She's like, oh, no, I don't want to do anything this year. And I said, all right, you tell her. Oh, I wasn't the oldest person. That's not true. There was someone older than me. I said, you tell her that 50s rock." That there is something that happens, and it doesn't happen automatically when you turn 50, but within that 50th year, there's something that happens where all of a sudden you realize how much energy you've been expending in your life that doesn't need to be expended. That you could be holding on for yourself, for your own enjoyment, for your own use, instead of giving away so much of your energy. And I said, something happens where you're just like, why the fuck was I so worried about you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, like three years ago or 10 years ago. Like, what the frick? And I said, all of a sudden, you just learn to kind of step away and detach. And I'm like, you literally have no more fucks to give. You're just like, don't give a fuck. Does not matter. And how many things don't matter? All of a sudden, is like, oh. And then you start to really understand the women who've come before you and the women above you. So when I said that, the table of women were like, yes. And I looked at someone and I'm like, hey, you're like early 40s and you're like, what? And they're like, and all of them said, no, my mom told me the same thing. You get to your 50s and it just gets beautiful. Like you feel yourself, you feel like you're in your power and you, um, you just let go of so many things that never really mattered. But for some reason in your 50s, you can see that they didn't matter. Um, And then there was one woman who was in her sixties, and she said, "And it gets better after that. It starts in your fifties, and it gets better and better." So, one of this whole non-judgment thing—you know—we have all these judgments, especially if you're in the U.S. U.S. culture about aging—it's shifting. Big kind of shifted in the last like three, four years. a lot of it is because women decided to stop wearing so much makeup. They decided to stop dyeing their hair when the pandemic hit. Um, and, and it's not the first time women have gone through this sort of transformation. There's been other times in history where women are like, you know what? I don't feel like wearing makeup all the time. And social media, or just the media, period, judges these women like crazy, and women are pushing back. They're like, screw you. This is what I look like. This is who I am when I wake up in the morning. This is my face. And if you don't like my face, that's not my problem. And that's, again, that falling into that place of non-judgment is, it's not me. I'm doing fine. I don't have to take on your stuff. If you think my face looks puffy or winkly or saggy, that's on you. I am who I am. Um, so that's. A place that non-judgment took me that I wasn't expecting. I'm a little surprised by that, but it's been really, really lovely. I'm going to have a sip of coffee, and then you can pause me if you'd like. And in just a moment, I'm going to come back, and um, we'll talk about what's coming up. All right, so there's so much yummy stuff coming up. I am going to decide the, the word for the session in the next day or so. I have an idea, but we're a community, so my idea doesn't have to happen. If you guys give me feedback, again, you can just shoot me a text, seven eight five seven six zero five four one two. 5412 You can uh, email me, mel at a yogikitchen.com. You can comment on any post out there on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Actually, Twitter, I don't know the comments very well. Like every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I have some notifications. But you can go to Instagram or go to the Facebook page and just comment or post and be like, hey, this is the word I'd like for the next session. We can focus on whatever you'd like to focus on um, because it's a community, right? So I don't make all the decisions. If I hear from you guys, like sometimes I'll get a suggestion. I'll be like, ooh, that's a good one. Um, It's only happened once before where I asked for suggestions and multiple people have the same word in mind. And I thought, okay, you guys want to focus on this. This is obviously our word. So, um, or maybe actually, I think what happened that time was I asked a few people. I said, these are the words I'm considering. That's what it was. And then people unanimously picked. I was like, okay. Um, So that's happening in this next week or so. We are in April right now, which is really lovely. We're going to start grief journal work. I've pushed this back. In my head, I've pushed it back a couple times, but publicly, I think it's just been this one time. I think I had said we'd do it the, the first week of April, which <laughs> we're here and that's not happening. Um, we're going to do grief journal work the last week. We'll start April 28th will be our our week of uh, grief journal week. And so all you have to do for this, if you're not already signed up, either way, contact me. If you're not already signed up for the newsletter, you can just go to um, ayogikitchen.com and sign up for the newsletter. Or you can just shoot me an email, mel at ayogikitchen.com. There's someplace on the website where there's like a contact us button or something like that. And you can do that. Um, and you can sign up to get emails for seven days. We'll just do one week of journal journaling around grief. So for one week, there's journal prompts that I'll send you, and with that journal prompt, there's going to be a yoga pose that'll help you, and it's probably going to be a restorative yoga pose that'll help you process um, some of your grief. And so this is something I've been doing, working with grief and yoga for oh, let's see, seven, eight years maybe? And then five years ago, my dad died. So there was a lot that year about grief. And then um, I didn't really touch on grief too much last year, I don't think. We we didn't do Grief Journal Week last last year, I don't think, the year before maybe. Um, And I just want to reiterate the idea that grief is not just about a death. Grief can be any kind of loss. So it could be – I have a good friend – who um, just moved, bought her first house, super excited. And then I think the week before she moved, all of a sudden realized, oh, I'm leaving the place that I've called home for a long time, for almost a decade. And so had to, you know, do some processing around that and some grief of, you know, leaving a place where she was really close to a grocery store. She, you know, maybe is not going to her regular coffee shop anymore. Like everything shifts a little bit, has a different route to work now. Um, and so sometimes that's really exciting and fun. And sometimes there's like, oh, remember where I was like right around the corner from XYZ? So it could be that kind of work. It could be death and it doesn't have to be a recent death. Um, my brother died... 30 years ago, a little over 30 years ago. And every once in a while, I'll feel that wave. Um, It'll be oftentimes, as those of you who've lost people know, oftentimes it'll be on a certain date. And there's years I don't even recognize the date. It'll be like, I'm going to bed. And I'm like, oh, today was Billy's birthday. No wonder I've been feeling kind of crappy today. Or I've been feeling down or whatever. Low energy today. So anyway, we're doing that April 28th for one week. Uh, It comes to your inbox. I'll be posting some things around around social media, but it won't be as consistently as getting an email. We're going to start the 28th, I believe, is a Friday. And we're starting on a Friday so that you can do that first prompt. And then you have the weekend prompts to really, so those two prompts, the next two, will be deeper ones. We'll have weekend time. And I know not everyone is off on the weekend. Um, I certainly am busier on the weekends than I am, like, on a Tuesday. But um, we'll do that work to kind of just help you move through some things. I know a lot of our community has had a lot of loss. If you've got older kids, it would be appropriate Um, The kids lost a lot over the last three years. Uh, My kids, one was graduating high school. No, I'm sorry. One was graduating eighth grade and one was graduating college when the pandemic hit. And so that's still, you know, stuff that's in them. That's still stuff that they haven't moved completely through because for another two years, they were busy dealing with the pandemic. So it's still hanging out there. So grief can be loss of a friendship, uh, a relationship, a love. It could be loss of a job, loss of your home, um, any kind of loss that you're feeling. And um, I'm hoping, I've been saying this for like two or three years, I'm hoping to do more Um, lives, and even not lives, maybe recorded things that I put on Instagram and Facebook, and so I'm going to try to make some videos that come to your inbox also. Uh, It's one of the reasons I'm pushing it off so far, because I need to figure out all that tech stuff. So that's that's what's coming up. Our new session will start um, next week, and if you have any requests for classes, my feeling about how things are going is um, we're going to keep A couple classes right where they are, but the rest are going to pop-ups just because spring is a busier time for so many of us. So, like, there is a regular class that I have on the schedule that really there's one person who comes to it very consistently. Every once in a while we'll have someone else pop in. But it's just two of us, and it's lovely, and it's someone that I I love dearly who comes to this class. But I've been thinking, you know what, we might go to a pop-up because what we're doing is I'll check in with her before class and say, hey, are you thinking we want to do class tonight? And she'll go, you know what, I'm exhausted. I want to go to bed early. I'm like, okay, let's not do it. And then I don't even usually show up because she's the only person who comes. And so I thought, you know what, I need to be showing up when we've decided not to have class. So let's just call it a pop-up. So we're going to do that. Um, There'll be more pop-ups and just a few regular classes. Uh, But like I said, if you want a pop-up, I'm always happy to do them. You just text me 785-760-5412 and say, hey, I would like to do a yoga class on Zoom tonight at 7. Do you have time to do restorative yoga tonight or slow flow or yin yoga or whatever? And most often it works in my schedule. So if it works in my schedule, I say yes. And then I send um, a text out to the list of people uh, letting them know that there's a pop-up. And if you want to be on that list, you just text me and say, please add me to the list. OK, so that's all the yoga stuff that's going on right now. The other part of who we are, a yogi kitchen and pantry, is getting really exciting. And I'm, I'm really happy about some changes. So I'm teaching two in-person classes right now, two free community classes. Well, one is free. It's the six, uh, 5 p.m. Sunrise Project class we teach in the kitchen I teach in the kitchen which is so fun and the last couple times we've been almost full so that class is free but we always appreciate your donations and that class especially the donations go directly to help feed people because I get compensated for that class in other ways so that those donations help feed people. We have had more people that were feeding again. Some of you may remember that I was feeding a couple of families in town. And what by that, what that means is I kind of check out different areas where I can either buy things very inexpensively or I'm picking up food from pantries and putting them in the yogi kitchen pantry and then once a week making a box and taking it to different families. I make a couple bags and take to some unhoused men that we know and then you know whatever else i have i always have a box in my car of non-perishables bottles of water condiments uh plastic utensils and if i see someone i might say hey i have some food in my car would you like a meal and um if whatever i have i share so that has always been centered in my house so two things. One is there was a little period of time that I, my family's moved away. Uh, one of my unhoused men disappeared, which I'm hoping means he has housing now, but I don't know what it means. Um, and it's out of my business, right? I, there's no judgment about that. It could be bad. It could be good for him. Hopefully I will run into him somewhere again and find out where, where he's been, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So I have to kind of step back and it's not my life. It's his um and i don't get to know everything about his life and that's okay uh but recently i've had one unhoused man i've known for a long time i've always asked what he needs and he's asked for things like socks or gloves he's never asked for food and recently he's like well actually and so on a weekly basis i take him and some other people some food So that's been exciting. I have a new family that we're feeding, and because of all the awesome donations that I'm getting from you guys, I not only was able to collect things from the pantry for them, but I was able to buy them uh, milk, eggs, butter. What else did I buy? Uh, There was something else I bought, but I was able to buy them some things. Which, um, you know, if I go to, we have a store in town that does a great job of like marking things down, like 88 cents for a bag of salad. So I almost always can swing that but this time i was able to buy things at full price and not think about it because of your donations and i really really appreciate that so your donations put gas in my car so i can take things to people so i can look for our unhoused people it helps me buy things when i need to for people um and right now the the other exciting part about the pantry is that i will still have a pantry at home um, for a yogi kitchen and pantry and you're always welcome to bring your donations here but we're having an actual physical space out in the world we're going to have a yogi kitchen pantry at ECM at KU so I'm super excited about this I thought that I had some shelves and I was very excited we we're going to get going like now and then I found out that the organization that was going to give our shelves misspoke. They realized, oh, wait, we're using those shelves, which is perfectly fine and understandable. So I'm looking for shelves. So whether you would like to donate some funds to help me buy shelves for the pantry, or whether you have shelves and you live Lawrence, Kansas, Topeka, Kansas City area, please let me know. Um, We would like to get this up and running My original plan was April 15th. Now I'm wondering if I'm actually going to be able to make that happen. Um, But come to class. Donate money. Your money helps me do all of this kind of stuff. The other class that I'm teaching in person is at ECM at KU, um, Mondays at 4 upstairs, which is a lovely space. The energy in this building is so amazing. The people that are there are so amazing. I am so honored to be able to teach there. And our class is fairly small. It's a big space. We have a lot of um, fun in this class because we have a lot of space to be in the middle of the room and then move to the walls or grab a chair and be on chairs. It's a great class. So those are the things that are happening um, that I'm really super excited about. Coming up maybe the end of May, I'm thinking maybe into June, I'm going to be teaching Yoga for Anxiety and Depression. Um, And I'm going to be teaching practices for peace this summer, I believe. Those are my two hopes for the summer. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be teaching the ECM at KU. So those are the things that are big right now. Um Sunrise Project is having their annual fundraiser. It's a plant sale happening April 22nd and April 29th if you are in the area. If you just want to donate to them to help them with their cause, they are an organization committed to equity and community community through social connection. So it's all through food, whether it's growing food, teaching people how to grow food, maintaining the garden, uh, teaching people how to cook. Cooking for them, breaking bread together, most of what we do is involved in food in some way. Um, And so I'm there twice a month cooking. Oh, that's the other thing. We are hoping to make a bonus meal. If you are in the Lawrence, Kansas, Topeka, Kansas City area, and you'd like to help us, the kids are off from school for a three-day weekend coming up next week. So we're thinking about doing a bonus meal, and we would love some, one, donations to help us buy food to help families who have kids at home. People are who There are people who rely on the schools to feed their children, and when school is closed, they don't have that resource. So we want to provide a bonus meal at Sunrise. Um, if you want to donate for that, you can go to the website and make a donation. If you want to donate some time, Please come help me cook. Um, I'm not sure what we're making yet. Something kid-friendly, obviously, and we're going to do it for lunchtime. So um, it means I think April 14th is the day we're thinking of doing it. Lunchtime will be that Friday. So it means possibly donating some time and energy the Thursday before in the evening or afternoon and then that Friday morning. So let me know if you're uh, interested in volunteering with me. Okay, I think that's – it's never – as soon as I say goodbye, I realize I, I've forgotten something. But I think that's all I can think of at the moment. I am so grateful for this community. So grateful that you guys let me, you know, hold space for me and still listen when I haven't posted in weeks or listen when I post like three times in one week. Um, I just have always wanted this podcast to feel very very organic. I don't want... Um, I don't want to feel the pressure of oh my god I got to I got to record an episode again today. Uh and I also I get really overwhelmed by how often some people post. And like I go into um I listen through Spotify and I go through and I see how many episodes I've missed and it feels overwhelming to me. I don't want you guys to feel that way. So I I post more randomly. Um, I go through periods where I'm like, okay, I'm going to post every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and maybe once or twice I've done that. I don't even know. Um, But thank you for letting me be a little random and letting it be very organic where when it feels right. And if you ever, ever have like, hey, would you please record this, like a check-in? Or would you please record a practice? The old um, podcast, which was just a yogi kitchen, I did record some practices. Um, And I would be happy to do that. I just love to hear from you guys what you want to hear about. If you want to hear more like sort of yoga, off the mat, like, Actual practice, I'm happy to do that. Like more ahimsa, talking about like the anahata chakra, that kind of work where I'm happy to do that. If you want some practices on the mat, I keep saying I'm going to record something and put it on YouTube, and I haven't, um, or put it on the website, and I haven't. Let me know what you want. All right. Keep focusing on non-judgment. Breathe into just loving who you are exactly the way that you are. Because I love you that way, and I know that you guys let me be me, and I appreciate that so much. There is no one who is more deserving of your loving kindness and compassion than you. Have an awesome day.